Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The lesson that forms the basis of our devotion this morning is recorded in the Apostle Paul's first letter to Pastor Timothy, chapter 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, Flee these things, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So far the text. In Christ Jesus, who bestows upon us everlasting contentment, dear fellow redeemed. True or false, all Christians are content. False, right? I can recall many times as a Christian not being content with what I had. And I have been a Christian all my life from the very day that I was born because by God's grace on that very same day, I was born again in the waters of holy baptism. But I can think of a time as a young boy how I loved collecting matchbox cars. And I would save up my money until I had enough, I think it was around 50 cents, to buy the one that caught my eye. And the very first one was a ruby red Jaguar E-type. Spoked wheels. I saved my money up, bought that, and I thought once I have that, I will be satisfied. But of course, looking at the rack, I saw some others. So then I started thinking, boy, I gotta, I gotta have the next one. And so I continued. I always promised to be content, but my life would be filled with that, those anxious thoughts of getting that money and purchasing that. All through my life, I have desired to have certain things, thinking that for example, certain items of clothing or tool, a new tool or a vehicle, a, a different vehicle would assuage that desire for more. And to this day, as a Christian, I still struggle with being content with just 
food and clothing as our Lord commands us to be. Now with Amazon, it's instant gratification. Desiring things in this life is not wrong per se. Coveting is sinful desire. When we attach fulfillment and happiness in this life to possessing certain material things or positions, etc. Who of us have not envisioned receiving a windfall of cash, whether it's through an inheritance perhaps from a rich relative or winning a prize? I have heard people say, they play the lottery and they'll say, you know, if I win this, all my troubles in life will be solved. Really? I don't think so. And who is the God that they are serving? Many of you are planning to pursue a career after your education. Does it ever enter your mind how this will result financially? Are you hoping to find a career that you can just scrape by and buy your food and clothing and be satisfied? Is that what you think about as you're preparing now? Now again, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to think about how you can benefit perhaps your family that God blesses with, you with it someday. Those kinds of things are fine, but are we content with what God gives us? The Apostle Paul warns Pastor Timothy, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs or sorrows. We are in the midst of the season of Lent. One of the tragic characters in our Lord's passion account is the disciple by the name of Judas. It was his greed that especially fueled his betrayal of the Lord. And look at how this plunged him into ruin and destruction. Paul wrote to Pastor Timothy, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. This pursuit, fight, and laying hold of, however, is not some sort of system that you and I uh, put together, changing our life. And only if we follow this, maybe we could find those three things, the pursuit, the fight, the laying hold of, maybe we could find words that all start with the same consonant. That's how oftentimes Christians are led to think. I could put my life in order tomorrow. If I follow this, there are many books out there that tell you how to do it. No, 
we have no power to effect such change in ourselves. Not at all. It is, however, that which Jesus speaks of in his Sermon on the Mount. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that we need for our body and life will be supplied. Consider this, Jesus brought nothing into the world. Mary wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Then go to the other end. He took nothing out of this world. His clothing was all stripped from him, taken from him. Everything he had was gone as he was nailed upon the cross. Jesus remained perfectly content in this life from beginning to end. Remember how he even said, I, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Not that he was homeless. He had places where he could go, friends who welcomed him in. But he didn't own a house. He was content. In the kingdom of Christ, you see, you are forgiven for all your many sins of covetous discontentment by his blood shed for those sins. And then you are given his pure righteousness, Jesus' perfect obedience of always being content in this life is credited to you through faith in him. Having food and clothing, we are content. That's what we learn as Christians. And Jesus invites us to his table for the food of his holy body and blood. And he clothes you with the garment of his absolute righteousness. So now, knowing and trusting this, as you struggle in daily repentance over your sins of covetous discontentment, I ask you again, True or false, all Christians are content. True, for Jesus' sake alone. Amen.